Hi there, lovely lady. Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie. I'm so glad you're here. This is a podcast for the busy mom who wants to find some extra joy in her day. In eight minutes or less, I will share my own words of encouragement for you and some God-inspired words of wisdom. When I have fabulous guests to share with you, you'll hear an inspiring interview in 20 minutes or less. I like to keep it short and sweet, actionable and encouraging. Let's get started. Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. This is episode 27. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am chatting with Avital from The Parenting Junkie. So Avital also is a podcaster. She has a podcast called The Parenting Junkie Show. She's also a YouTuber, and her videos are some of the first parenting videos I watched as a new mom. And I love the way she teaches. She's a mindful parenting coach. She has some fabulous digital courses and just a lot of wisdom to share. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation with her. Today is part one. So this episode you're listening to right now is part one of a two-part conversation we had because I like to keep all these interview episodes, 20 minutes or less. I break them up into two episodes and you're going to love hearing from her today about what she does and how we can work on being more present with our kids, creating peace in our home. I really, really appreciate Alvital's time and just all of the wisdom she shares with us. So enjoy this part one of our conversation And as usual, part two is available for you if you have some extra time. But for now, sit back and enjoy. Okay, before we get started with the fabulous conversation with Avital, I just want to take a moment to say it has been six months, friends. I started this podcast six months ago. It's my six-month anniversary of starting 500 Seconds to Joy, and it's just seriously such a joy to produce this podcast bring it to you all. And I thank you so much for being a listener. I really value your time and I just really appreciate you being a loyal listener. So thank you so much and enjoy this conversation, friend. Hi, Vital. Welcome in. (laughs) Hey, Stephanie. Thanks so much for having me. You are so welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. So can you just start off by introducing yourself to all the lovely listeners and just chatting a little bit about your family and what you do as a mindful parenting coach and as the founder of The Parenting Junkie? Sure. Um, yeah. So my name is Avital. I um, I have four children, um, ages eight, six, four, and almost two. And um, they are homeschooled. Most of the time, I kind of call it a hybrid homeschool because we do utilize some programs. Um, And my work as a parenting coach has led me to, as you say, found the Parenting Junkie, where we're on a mission to empower parents who face clutter, chaos, conflict, and we help them to reclaim presence, peace and play for their families. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I am a listener of your podcast and watcher of your YouTube videos and a fan of yours and just the way you teach parents and just empower them and give them practical tools. I really appreciate that. And I know that the listeners will appreciate that about you as well. And um, so today we're going to talk about why 
it's important for families to cultivate this sense of presence, peace, and play because this is something very specific to you and the way you teach, and I, I really am on board with it. And if people haven't heard from you yet, I'm so excited for them to hear um, what this means to you and, and why you think families should be encouraging these, these three P's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, thanks so much, Stephanie. That is so sweet. Um, so yeah, you know, it's funny. I think every business, uh, you know, business school 101 is, is setting up your core values, right. And, and communicating them to all your employees, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. and I tend to draw a lot from the world of business, of leadership, of, you know, conscious, um, conscious business um, practices into the world of parenting because I see every single parent as a CEO. We are all founders of, uh, you know, of a project, of a unit, of a, uh, a, a mission team, right? Our families. And it's not just, in my mind, not just a haphazard, you know, thing that you do because that's what you do because you get married or you have find a partner and just have kids because you just do but rather for a very deep meaningful soul-searching type of reason I think we're on a mission with our families to create something and that something is different per each family so on the one hand every family has to find their own core values right on the other hand I invite you to borrow these because um, they work really, really well, I think, in combating a lot of the ills, a lot of the kind of dis-ease of the 21st century in Western and industrialized culture. So the reason we've chosen and we've kind of been gravitating towards presence, peace and play, both in my personal family, but in my community as well, is because these encapsulate um, a lot of what I find is missing, right? So the piece about presence, which is the first one, is kind of an answer to the rat race, to the distraction. You know, I know, Stephanie, that you teach about um, taking social media breaks and detoxing from screens, etc. And I am not a technophobe. I love social media. I love what it's done for the world. I love screens. My whole business runs on a screen. Um, however, I think we all can agree that that level of distraction and addiction can become really corrosive to the fabric of the connection of our family. And I'll take it further to say, what I see around me in parenting a lot and what I see in myself is this story that we have around readiness. And I call it kind of the industrial model of parenting where, oh, is your kindergartner ready for first grade? Is your first grader ready for second grade? And this never ending hamster wheel that we're on um, of what's coming next. And it goes hand in hand with worry, with anxiety, with guilt, with shame, with judgment, with fear. All of these kind of monkey mind thoughts of, is my child okay? Are we, you know, are we good enough? Are we keeping up? Um, Is something wrong? And then this idea that we should always have something to worry about. Always, Have you ever heard someone say, I'm so sad because my kid just graduated kindergarten and how sad we are about it. So we're always either sad about things that have happened or worried about things that will happen, etc. And so the presence piece, this is a long way of answering, the presence piece is about coming back to this moment and about actually being here for our kids' childhood, not just racing through it, not just ticking boxes, not just a factory line where we produce college grads at the end if, we, if we're if we lucky, 
um, but actually experiencing it, being in the moment, whether it's a quote negative moment or a quote positive moment, whether it's a tantrum or a snuggle, but actually not missing it, not missing it, right? So that's the presence piece. And I can go into the other two, but before I do it, I'd just love to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, I love that so much. It it really just is so timely because, you know, as we're recording this, like I said, last week was my no screen challenge, no mm-hmm. social media. And again, like you said, you know, I'm not anti, of course, a lot of what I do is with a screen and technology is wonderful, but missing those moments and feeling like, wait, what did I do yesterday? Did, you know, how long yeah. did I scroll social media? How long did my kid kids watch that show? You know, to feel like you've missed out on your life. I think that is the danger of getting sucked into technology too deeply and getting addicted. And I really resonate with the idea of the check boxes and feeling like, oh, what's next? What's next? Um, because then that that doesn't allow time for like, you know, that first P presence, but it also doesn't allow time for just living. I feel like it doesn't allow time for you to just be and breathe and mm-hmm. and just live your life as a family. So I think too often, um, and not to guilt anybody, but just to challenge moms to think about the language we use about, I can't wait until this phase is over yep. and I can't wait until my kid is doing this, you know? So as if at the other side, there's going to be something better. It's like the pot of gold. It's that whole, you know, grass is greener thing. Um, It's just always looking over saying, wait, it's better over there. But let's say it's better right now. (laughs) The now is, is a beautiful now. So anyway, I love the idea of presence. Thank you. That was a beautiful explanation that you gave. Yeah. And I love what you just said. I think it's always waiting for the next step and then also yearning and missing the previous step. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's a miserable trap to put ourselves in. I think we do it, you know, women typically do it with age as well, right? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. our whole childhood, we're just waiting to be 18. And then our whole adulthood is looking back to the time that we were 21. You know, time is such a gift. Um, but not if you're constantly kind of, you know, looking a gift horse in the mouth and and wishing for a different slot of time, you know, for, for tomorrow or for mm-hmm. yesterday. And so, yeah, presence with our children, I think, uh, is just that feeling of don't, don't miss it. Right. Don't don't miss what you've got, which is just right now. Mm-hmm. So should we move on to peace. Yes, that sounds great. Okay, great. So I think this is a pretty obvious one. Everybody wants peace. Um, I think what sometimes missing is that people don't realize is that peace is something you go out and create. We're very aware of the tangible things that you create in your life, right? Creating uh, financial freedom or financial stability, uh, creating the the body weight or the you know body proportions that you want, the diet that you want, the house that you want, um, the things that we design in our life. What we don't realize is that the intangible experiences, such as a, a sense of peace, is something that we have to craft, labor at, you know, learn how to do. These aren't skills that most of us received at home. They definitely aren't skills that we got in school. And they're actually skills that are counterintuitive to the cultural norms and the cultural dictates and what we learn from media. 
which is all about drama and hype and conflict and, you know, snarkiness and just poor mm-hmm. communication skills. So learning how to create peace, I think, is a crucial part of family life because all relationships inevitably and inseparably include conflict. Conflict is a given. There are conflicts when there are two different humans in the room. We aren't the same and therefore there's going to be clashes over how we view things and what we want. Um, We have conflicts with our two-year-olds, with our 16-year-olds, with our husbands and wives, uh, within ourselves. And our our children have conflicts between them and their siblings. And so conflict is inevitable um, at home. What, what what I invite parents to do when I say let's, you know, let's reclaim peace is let's actually become what I call peaceful ninjas, right? Let's go out and learn the skills. There are there are skills, there are tools we can master, there are things we can do to help when recurring conflict is actually encroaching on our sense of well-being, on our joy. And so I think that when you're raising another human, Uh, and you're raising yourself in the process as well, inevitably, Mm -hmm. Uh, right? Getting those tools uh, and applying them in an active way, just as we teach our children to read and to do math and whatever else, to do chores or whatever else we're teaching them. This, I think, is absolutely crucial. If we we want to be part of creating a peaceful world, Um, and Stephanie, I'll just share with you a backstory here is that I, you know, I lived through quite a lot of war, um, in my life, literal war and, Mm. and terror attacks. And a lot of people I know were killed or severely injured and wounded in these wars. And I suffered severe post, uh, post post-traumatic stress disorder as a result. And I felt so helpless, you know, so, so helpless in the face of the world's, you know, devastating realities, whether it's war or poverty or ecological devastation. I think many of us feel that, especially if we live in a you know privileged life, raising our children in relative safety and shelter and abundance. Um, and so I felt so powerless, but I have to say, this is one area that's really empowered me. I feel like this is something I can do. I can learn how to communicate more peacefully, how to raise children who know how to communicate peacefully, how to create a sense of peace where there's conflict, um, how to be great listeners and great uh you know, expresses of their feelings and, and, and learn how to do emotions, right. And that kind of thing to not only create inner peace within each of us, but also I hope to promote a more peaceful world in the future. And I know that sounds a little bit bombastic and dramatic, but I, you know, (laughs) I don't think it's anything short of, uh, of revolutionary to raise children who, who witness peace being something that we put at our, you know, the forefront of our parenting values. Hmm. Wow, that's powerful. And I think, you know, I bet I'm wondering, and I bet the mm-hmm. listeners are wondering, what is one thing you do in your family to promote peace? I mean, I know there's a lot of different ways you could answer that, but what's maybe the one thing that comes to mind right now? Um. Well, Two things are coming to mind, and one of them is just a really practical tool that I think we're all getting wrong, and I think that could be really, really helpful, and I'm certainly still learning this myself on a day-to-day basis, Um, but that is the the power of listening. Mm -hmm. Um, I think listening is this free, you know, available, relatively easy thing to do, um, but most of us have never been listened to in our lives, Um, not truly. 
um, you know, Stephanie, if I ask you to really think back to a time or to a person who truly listened to you as a child, it's not such an easy question for most of us to answer. Mm -hmm. My grandpa. (laughs) That's amazing. Actually, but um, yeah, that's funny you say that because it's true that um, he was probably one of the only, he was very quiet. He's since passed on, but um, actually I married someone like him. Very Mm -hmm. blessed to have someone who is an amazing listener, but Mm -hmm. I would say that you're right. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find those kind of people. They're very rare Mm -hmm. um, because everyone's trying to get their information out and across and, you know, get their ideas out there. Yeah. It's really, it's hard to listen that and it's free and beautiful to listen. It is. And it has such healing powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of us are listening. Uh, you know, I, I'm a talker. I'm, as you can see, obviously, clearly I'm a talker. Um, <laughs> and most of us, when we listen, we're listening to craft our next, you know, comeback or, or response or question or whatever. And the thing is, it's so much, it's so much easier to kind of trample young children. They have challenges getting their words out. Um, they're just learning to talk often what they say doesn't make much sense or, you know, is ridiculous. Um, They are hyper emotional in their, in their responses. So, so much of what we do as parents is about making them be quiet, right? Like stop Mm -hmm. crying, um, talk quietly, use your indoor voice, et cetera. cetera. And there's nothing wrong with, with all of the things we need to do. I would just say, if we want to to create a sense of peace, one really incredible tool is simply to learn to listen, to listen to the tantrum until the end, to listen to the child who's upset and angry and not to say you shouldn't be angry or there's no reason to feel that way or you're wrong. To just listen, you don't, it, one of the mistakes of that I think we make is that we think that listening without interrupting or without coming back straight away means that we agree right? Means that we're saying yes to whatever it is. I don't think it does. And I think that when we truly listen, many times that in and of itself heals the other person, you know, makes space Mm -hmm. for them. So I think it's just a really incredible, incredible thing. And I I love Patty Whipler's work. She actually has a book called Listen um, of Mm -hmm. Hand in Hand Parenting. And it's very powerful to use the tool of listening within our parenting and within our partnering and our marriage as well. That is such a good tip. Thank you. And Okay, that's it for part one, friends. If you have some extra time, tune into part two. If not, I will chat with you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye for now.